0: Medis Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmad. I'm the founder and editor of the blog, careermedis.com. And this is episode 20 of the Career Medis Podcast. And this episode is part of the expert series. Um, and for today's career expert series episode, I am speaking with Doug Levin from jobstars.com. Hey, Doug, welcome to the podcast.
1: sorry thanks for having me.
0: So Doug I always like to start off interviews to hear from my guest a little bit about themselves and how they got started. Uh, in your case you're a resume writer and a career coach so uh, please introduce yourself.
1: Sure, thanks for the opportunity. I uh, look forward to having a good discussion and reaching out to you know your listeners. Um so, yeah, my name is Doug Levin. I'm a resume writer and a career coach. I'm based here in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I've been doing this for about three and a half years. I'm a certified resume writer, certified career coach. I also have a small team of uh, resume writers and career coaches that I've recruited and vetted and that provide services for my clients as well. Uh, Before JobStars, I worked at uh, CareerBuilder, which is a large job board for a number of years, started in sales, worked in uh, business development, and my last role was uh, managing the resume service at CareerBuilder. So I've been doing this uh, since about 2009, and uh, I, uh, you know, work with professionals entry level through executive in virtually every industry. So there's... uh, Pretty much I've seen everything in terms of resume writing and career
0: coaching. Wonderful. And uh, what I'm hoping to do, Doug, is throughout the interview, I'm going to ask you some questions as, uh, on resume writing and career building, uh, be, and, uh, and we can uh, learn from your wisdom. Sounds good.
1: But,
0: be, but before we begin, you mentioned you're from Chicago. Uh, it's, it's a very famous city. No matter where you are in the world, you have heard about Chicago. Um from your perspective, is there an interesting fact about Chicago that a lot of many people typically do not know about?
1: Well, it's a pretty diverse city. Um, it's a it's kind of like a melting pot. There's a lot of history here in Chicago, uh, so there, there's a lot of diversity, and there's a you know every every different neighborhood has a little different feel to it. Um, I live in the West Loop area, uh, but uh, you go just west of here, and it's a place called the Ukrainian Village. And it's, it's basically like a Ukrainian feel, and then you head further south, and there's Little Italy and Chinatown, and there's just so much diversity and so much great food and so much culture, and it's just a great place to live.
0: Doug, I'm based in Toronto. I think beginning of this year I was in Chicago and uh, it's a beautiful city. I I can attest to that. Lots of great places to eat. Uh, You can see the diversity. So yeah, it's it's a great place. Um, So Doug, yeah, in in terms of the, some of the questions I have and you have worked uh, in the, um, you worked with a variety of clients as you mentioned in your bio. Mm -hmm. So one thing I wanted to ask you is, What what are the biggest challenge or challenges that clients typically come to you for?
1: Yeah, so I do two specific things. So it's resume writing and career coaching. And I try to keep my services very simple and easy to understand. Like this is what we do. It's um, not complicated. And so people generally come to me for a couple reasons. They're either frustrated in their career and they're looking to make a change and they don't know how. Uh, And that's generally where career coaching comes into play. Um, People also come to me for help with their resume and their LinkedIn profile and their cover letters and um, things like that. So, you know, I get all different types of clients and it's hard to tell where people come from necessarily, but it's, it's all walks of life. Uh, I've worked with a lot of different industries and experience levels. Um, but people just need help. People need guidance. You know, people need support. And that's where career coaching comes into play. You know, just one on one time with, a, with a dedicated expert who's gonna, you know, help you, listen to you, provide practical resources. Um, and then resume writing, which is just, it's kind of a, it's an art. You know, uh, being able to write a good resume takes a lot of practice and experience and understanding of what people are looking for and resume writing is the sort of thing where uh, you know you only focus on it when you need a resume you know you say you lose your job okay I gotta scramble and get a resume together Um, well a lot of people don't have experience writing a resume and uh, so that's what we're here for so you know Anybody that's in trouble, in flux in their career, generally is coming to us, whether it's for resume writing or career coaching, we can help them.
0: Wonderful. Um, and one thing, you have been doing this for the last many years, as you mentioned, and uh, a lot of uh, things constantly change in any industry. Um, what have you seen as some of the biggest trends? When it comes to job search, or or from the other side, in terms of recruiting,
1: yeah. um, Well, one important thing is uh, building a resume that's applicant tracking system friendly. Um, Pretty much, you know, in the last ten years, it seems most companies have adopted, uh, you know, using some form of an applicant tracking system, which is basically. You know, it's similar to a database management system, I'm sure you know um, all about this. But um, there's a lot of people that still build a resume that isn't ATS friendly, and that's a huge problem. Um, and so that's a big trend. Is you know, companies rely on technology more than they did ever before um, because it's just more available, it's cheaper, and uh, you have to understand that when you're submitting your resume to a company, uh, if it's not ATS friendly, it could get trashed, it could get deleted um, and so you want to make sure that your resume is aligned with like what companies use to manage that, um, the influx of applications. So that's I think the biggest trend is you know companies use technology more than ever whether it's using LinkedIn to find out more about you or it's uh, using an applicant tracking system. You want to understand what uh, employers use and and how that hiring process works, and make sure you're compliant with that.
0: Doug, uh, I think um, I have I have a like a high level understanding of application tracking system. Uh, the listeners, I'm assuming, have some understanding, not not a lot. So, could you expand on ATS like application tracking system, how they work, and how to make sure your resume is uh, compatible with ATS any tips on that
1: yeah sure so so an applicant tracking system is basically just software that a company uses to um, control and manage the job applications that are coming in um, so it's, it's just software um, you know you upload your resume You upload your cover letter when you're going through the application process as a job seeker. Um, Once you upload those documents, that's going into a database. And that database is basically called an applicant tracking system that companies use to manage. You know, they might be hiring 50, 100, 500 people at a time. So that's the kind of software that they use. Um, so there's certain guidelines that you want to make sure because it's basically, like I said, it's software and it's software that's reading your resume, so that human eyes don't have to read the resume um, to save them time. So, you know, this this software is looking for specific keywords. So if if the posting's for an HR manager, the, you know, the ATS system is going going to scan all these applicants, let's say 500 people apply, because it's a popular job for, let's say it's a Google, is hiring an HR manager. They're gonna get a ton of applications, so instead of using human eyeballs, they're going to rely on this software to, you know, do the, do the work for them. Um, so, there's a couple things that you wanna look out for. You know, you can run a Google search and just see what makes it a resume ATS friendly. But there's a couple things one is you don't want to have tables or charts so if you're using Microsoft Word uh, you don't want to use any tables or charts Um, another thing is you don't want to have any information in the header Uh, so like if you if you put your contact information on your resume in the actual header you know you can kind of double click the top of the Microsoft Word document and it creates a header which is kind of like not part of the body of the resume if you put your contact info in there the ATS system's not going to read it which is a huge problem so you just want to make sure that uh, you follow the, the, those are the two main things the header and not using tables but uh like I said you could run a Google search um, look for ATS friendly standards and just make sure that your resume applies to that okay that definitely clarifies that thanks for that
0: so now let's say you made a resume that has passed the ATS it goes in front of a human eye let's either a recruiter or a HR or a hiring manager what are some of the things that you recommend to candidates to do on the resume
1: Yeah so when it comes to the resume it's about like your brand what what do you want people to to see when they look at your resume. Um, so it's understanding that you, you need to have a clear focus. When you're building a resume, you're building a cover letter. You want to build something that is not a jack of all trades. You know, you want to, if if you, if you feel as though you want to apply to five or six different job titles and you're not sure necessarily what your career path is going to be, you're better off creating five or six different resumes that are targeted specifically to each goal. So the key is really understanding what your focus is and then building a resume that Portrays that brand and that messaging, um, and and it's the same thing with the cover letter. You know, you just want to build a, a document that has a clear focus. Uh, I'm pursuing an HR manager, and here's the reason why. You know, here are the reasons why uh, I'm qualified, and uh, and keep it as streamlined and simple and straightforward as possible. Um, the goal is, you know, when you when you apply. The goal is simply to get a phone call, you know, to get past the screening, to get that introductory phone call so that you can sell yourself and hopefully get an in-person interview. And so you want to keep in mind that people are busy and that, you know, they're generally going to look at your resume for 10, 15 seconds and decide, do I want to call this person? Do I feel this person's qualified? qualified? Um, and so you, you just want to make sure that your resume passes that eye test and like I said, the best way is to create a brand that uh, speaks to employers and is relevant to the job that you're applying to. Doug,
0: during the beginning, you mentioned something about LinkedIn, and uh, I think this comes hand in hand with the resume. Going back 20 years or to 10 years ago, resume was resume and cover letter was enough, but now LinkedIn has changed the game. Um, so. Could you expand on that? Like, how important is a LinkedIn profile?
1: Yeah, LinkedIn is huge. LinkedIn is huge. Um, you always want to add your LinkedIn profile onto your resume. You know, uh, pretty much every company is still asking for a resume. But beyond the resume, the second place that people are going to go is is your LinkedIn profile. So, at the very least, you want to make sure. That your LinkedIn profile is as good as your resume. Um, there are some variations. You know, you have a little more freedom in in the LinkedIn profile to be creative, to you know, be more eye catching. There's certain standards in resume writing that are, I guess, more conservative or traditional. There are certain things that you should do. Uh, There's certain things you shouldn't do. LinkedIn allows you to kind of be a little more creative, express your, your creative side, and, and try to be a little bit more interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, you just want to make sure that your profile looks good, that people want to read it. It's not too long. Um, beyond that, LinkedIn is also a great tool if you learn how to use it. To, to accomplish whatever you're looking to accomplish, whether you're trying to reach out and you know, network or uh, you know, whatever the case may be. At the very least, you want your LinkedIn profile to look good. But beyond that, um, if, you're, if your profile is strong, then you want to learn how to use LinkedIn to find um, whatever it is you're looking to accomplish. So definitely, definitely important. Um, definitely shouldn't be overlooked. You know, there's also I also do personal websites, which is another level. So beyond LinkedIn, you can also kind of set up a, a personal brand, like uh, you know yourname.com sort of thing. Uh, so it's just how far you want to take it, but you know you want to create a, a brand and make sure that people understand the value and who you are, and and that's how LinkedIn's helpful in doing that.
0: The the reason I brought uh, the second reason I brought up uh, LinkedIn, Doug, is because uh, in my experience, I have found out that sometimes recruiters or hiring managers reach out to me, compared to me applying a job using my resume. So I don't know if uh, yourself or your clients have the same experience. Where one of the advantages of having a decent LinkedIn profile is that you get found. You get you get found. By companies that you have not thought about.
1: That's very true. Um, that's very true. Having a better profile will, you know, create opportunities you're, you might not even be looking for. Um, and in your case, you know, I think, you know, you're in IT, it looks like, right? Or is that right? Are you in IT?
0: Well, I work in the IT, so a software in the software world, I, I work in software sales. That's my full-time gig.
1: Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's probably an area in particular where they're looking for good people like you, and there's only so many. Um, so especially, yeah, LinkedIn's used as a tool for headhunters and recruiters, and um, it's definitely a good way to get passive leads. You know, just having a good, strong profile and allowing people to find your profile and say, "Hey, I wonder if I can, you know, poach this guy from from whatever company he's working for because it looks like he's doing such a good job." So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a good point.
0: Like you just uh, mentioned, personal websites, right? So is this, uh, I, like for example, yourname.com, right? So what if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of experience let's say you're out of college out of university should you still have a personal website yourname.com, or is that more for experienced middle managers and executives
1: no I don't think so necessarily I think it's it's good for all ages um, there's two good sites uh, one is a uh, it's called branded me the other is uh, about that me and they're both uh really simple you know uh i think it's about a hundred dollars a year to uh to to basically get a profile with a domain name uh makes it super easy to set up and it looks like it's your own website um so i think it's good for all ages and, and uh you know, it doesn't take too much effort, honestly, to uh, because they they make it so easy now. You just sign up, and uh, they have display and design features, and they make it really, you know, like Wix or or something like that. But this is for a personal website, so yeah, I like Branded Me and also About Me.
0: Doug, as you were mentioning. That I was thinking about, uh, it's more like a digital business card, isn't it? It's uh, having your own website. It has your information, a little bit about yourself. So people, let's say you don't meet anyone and they find you, it's like a business card.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It, it's just a exactly. You know, it's not like an e-commerce site or anything like that. It's it's a business. It's a business card, digital business card, um, and it's a way to reinforce your brand. You know. It's just another way to, if you want to be seen as an HR manager, okay, have a great resume, have a great LinkedIn profile, and then take it one step further and uh, brand yourself on this website, and it it can only help. It can't really hurt.
0: So far, Steve, you covered a few things, right? Your resume, your cover letter, LinkedIn, so you've done all the things to get that call, get that interview. Right. So now you are, as a candidate, you have been invited to an interview. So here's the fun part for most people what What would you say actually, you know what before we talk about tips, what do you think in your experience are some of the mistakes people make in this area when it comes to interviews?
1: um you know, I guess it's a lack of preparation i think I think people understand that there's always emotion involved in interviewing, you know you're either going to be nervous or anxious or excited and you're trying to just control your emotions but and that's understandable that's human nature and people understand that but uh not understanding the job you're going for like not understanding what they're looking for not understanding the company that you're interviewing for a lack of preparation, I think, is the single biggest mistake that you can make. Um, you really want to understand the company, their mission, how you fit in, and, and you want to position it that way. Um, I guess the other big mistake would be not asking questions. You want to make sure at the end of every interview that you ask questions to make sure that you feel it's a fit for you. Um, so that they understand that, you know, you are not desperate and you are trying to understand whether this position is a fit. And you want to make sure that that's there so that you're asking questions and you're making sure that it's a fit. Um, yeah, so those both of those things are, I think are, are very important to, to, to make sure you're doing
0: Doug, you mentioned preparation, and uh, actually, you know what? Both of these are great points, so I would like to expand on that. Um, Preparation, traditionally, my experience and when I speak to candidates, everybody prepares on interview questions. You know, you you go to monster.com or careerbuilder.com, the top 100 interview questions, how to answer them. Um, Is that enough, or when you say preparation, what are some of the things – candidates should be preparing for
1: right so you want to it's okay to prepare uh, answers to questions you know if there's certain things that you need to practice uh, in terms of how you're going to answer a particular question let's say you don't like the question what's my greatest weakness and you feel like if you get asked that question you don't want to get caught off guard so you might want to write a scripted answer a question like that and rehearse it. So that's part of the preparation, is making sure that you can answer questions that you are nervous about or don't know how to handle. The other part of preparation is understanding the company, researching the company, um, so that you understand the company's mission. You also want to research and be prepared on the actual job you're applying to. So you need to understand, okay, what is this position? How am I qualified? Where does it fit in in the scope of what the company is trying to accomplish? Um, And so that's, I think, the other part is like just understanding preparation, meaning see it from the employer's side of you, and do your pre- preparation in terms of understanding the company and being able to you know express that you, you know you you, you want to act all as if you're a part of the company when you go into the interview. So you don't want to feel lacking in knowledge because you're going to feel less confident as a result. And so you really just you know research, whether it's recent news or, Tre- trends within the industry, anything that you can do to feel like you're a part of that company, and then you want to express that in the interview so that they can say, okay, he's one of us, you know, and, and we want to get, we want to hire him.
0: But the, the, that's the reason I asked that question because yeah. I've been on both sides. I've interviewed for jobs and also been on the other side interviewing candidates and. Uh, th- it's it's a crucial mistake i think because a lot of candidates come in not knowing much about the company and the role and it does a huge disconnect so thanks thanks for bringing that up
1: yeah it's a competitive industry you know or just in general it's very competitive and if you want to be considered you you have to feel like you're part of the company and and make people believe that and and you got to know the company and you got to know what the mission is and and all that sort of thing
0: so true uh, you also mentioned a little bit ago about uh, questions and uh, so do you have a set of standard questions or that you recommend the candidates ask or, or do you have uh, some guidelines on that
1: um there, you know there's good questions in general to ask Uh, It's kind of case by case. The best thing to do is to ask questions that are specific and that you actually want answers to. So it's kind of hard to script good questions, but you want to ask genuine questions. You know, ask questions as though you make the the other person believe that you're listening and you're part of the conversation you know so try to take notes during the interview think of questions that are coming directly from the conversation as opposed to like scripted questions those aren't bad you know if you're nervous or if you're new to interviewing or or whatever the case may be but if you can you want to just kind of improvise but make sure that you're asking smart intelligent questions that are coming organically from the conversation
0: so far we have covered the different aspects of the the job interview uh, process and the resumes, one thing you mentioned. One of the things you do is career coaching. So, so one thing I always like to ask, I should have asked us at the beginning, is uh, the you mentioned the word competitive a couple of times. The market is competitive. What, is there any type of mindset or attitude that you recommend job seekers have? before they start looking for a job Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the mindset
1: sure i mean i think it's it's it should be one of patience and persistence you know you you want to be persistent in whatever you're trying to accomplish uh, but you want to also be patient about it because you know, searching for a job and actually getting hired is a time consuming process. You know, you're looking at typically you apply to a job. If you're lucky, you hear back in one to two weeks. Then a phone interview. If you get past that, you get an it you get an in person interview. Most likely you're gonna do two or sometimes even three rounds of in-person interviews before you get hired. So realistically, it's, it's a time-consuming process, and it takes a while. And the worst thing you can do is, you know, be impatient and give up. Um, so it's that combination of just being patient but also persistent and just hanging in there and find, finding as many opportunities as you can that, that are, are key. And that's part of it, is, is becoming a better job seeker, smarter job seeker. Um, don't rely on job boards. You know, don't just go to career builder and apply to jobs. You know, there's a lot more involved in searching for a job. If you want to increase your opportunities or your chances, you need to find more opportunities. And so whether that's networking, going to career fairs, um, you know, all the sorts of different things that you can do to find opportunities beyond just these passive activities like just searching for a job and applying to something that, you know, 200 other people have applied to. So it's that patience, it's that persistence, but also you want to be smart and you want to be proactive.
0: I like the three Ps, uh, Doug, patience, persistence, and proactive.
1: That sounds
0: pretty good. Yeah, it it sounds very catchy, right? So uh, Uh, there you go. Patience, persistence, and proactive. So, uh, Doug, we have covered a lot of ground today. um, And after listening to this, the listeners, let's say they wanted to get in touch with you. They wanted to reach out to you for more questions. What is the best way to reach you?
1: Sure. So you can reach me via email. It's just my first name, Doug, at JobStars.com. Plural.com. So it's Doug at JobStars.com. Um, and you can basically reach out, you know, whether you're looking for help with your resume, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, or if you're looking for one on one time with a career coach, uh, these are areas where I can help you. Um, also, to anybody listening who is a recruiter, a hiring manager, um, anybody in, in you know a professional um, I have basically an affiliate program so it's an easy way to make passive income through referrals so if you ever know anybody that's looking for help with their resume or their career coach or career coaching or anything like that reach out to me about the affiliate program I'll send you a special link and you can earn a hundred dollars on your first uh, transaction simply. For uh, referring someone to me
0: great great and I'll make sure to um, do a con like uh, add your email and your website at the uh, as part of a summary uh, for the blog post when I publish this podcast
1: sounds good appreciate it appreciate the
0: opportunity no problem thanks Doc so before we conclude I mean we are coming to the uh, end of the uh, recording for this episode is there anything that I've missed, or do you have any last words?
1: No, I think uh, I think we covered a lot. I enjoyed this conversation. This was actually my very first podcast ever, so thank you for that. Um, it's been fun, you know. Uh, I've listened to some of yours, and uh, I admire what you do. So keep up the good work, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, if anybody out there is looking for help with their resume or career coaching, give me a call or,
0: or shoot me an email. Doug, thanks for the feedback. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for being a guest today. Thanks, Nassar. Thanks, uh, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Metis Podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview with uh, Doug's uh, email and website as, uh, as part of links. Uh, along with this uh, podcast episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Curry podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share the episode with your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Curry Medis podcast. Thank you.